Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. Oh, and away we go. Hello again. Welcome to the Monroe Community Players Podcast featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War, and looking around the green room today, I see... Robert Yeoman. Ron Roberts. And I see a fresh new face who has not been in the green room with us before. Carol Silka. Hi, Carol. Hey, Carol. I I will have to share that Carol is one of our devoted listeners. I am. And so here's what you get if you're a devoted listener. The opportunity (laughs) to be on the show. (laughs) Um, so, so, So be careful. Uh, but but no, we, we're we're happy, and she's been offering some insights and uh, um, and telling us how we're doing. And and frankly, we all know Carol because uh, Ron and I currently are in a show with her, um, uh, the Twilight of the Golds. Which, even though we're recording this on the January 10th, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know the days anymore, especially because <laughs> it's show week. Um, by the time you hear this, the show will have gone up. Um, but uh, Carol is playing the part of Phyllis brilliantly. Um, she plays my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. And I play Walter. Ron plays that, the son-in-law that apparently we, we, we are indifferent about. Yeah, um, very, very indifferent. Uh, I can't even remember his name. Rob, I think. Rob. There it is. It's very, it's very no. difficult to remember because Ron is. and Rob are so mm-hmm. similar. It's all the same. So, Carol, tell us a little about yourself. Well, What I, brings you to theater? What brings me to theater? Well, I've been involved in theater really since I was a kid, but always backstage. I was extremely shy, which I'm sure makes sense to you. Mm. Um and so I always did background stuff. In high school, I did hair and makeup, and I did costumes. And then I kind of dropped out of it until my daughter got to be, uh, about, I think she was in first grade, and she wanted to do theater. So she got involved in it very heavily. She's a, a beautiful, has a beautiful voice, unlike her mother. And um, so I got back into it and remembered how much I loved it. So when I was teaching at Cantrick Middle School, I was involved a little bit in the, um, they had a thing at the at that school that anytime they did a play, they always had a part just for teachers, which was always really fun. So that got me back on stage. And then I actually did a lot of directing, both at Cantrick and at the middle school and at Monroe High School. Then when I was ready to retire from teaching, um, I was convinced to try out for Mary Poppins, which Dave was directing by Allison Drugel. Thank you very much, Allison. And um, so I've been involved ever since. Great. And uh, certainly with players. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, uh, there was Mary Poppins, of course, which we won't go into all the details in the the drama there, but the uh, Gilligan's Island. Yes, Uh, I was. You were Mrs. Howell. Mrs. Howell, lovey. I played the skipper. Uh, Ron was the professor. professor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Well, don't and forget, Bob, Bob was, was the, the alien. And Bob was the alien. alien. Yeah. So all of us are, are Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Uh, and then I did alum. Exit Laughing. Yep, Exit Laughing. And then I did The Tempest. The Tempest, which, of course, uh, I went to I Agfest. in with you as well. That's right. You were Prospero. Yep. I always thought it was Prospero. Prospero. I don't know. That's, One or the other. That's how they, he said, Benesh, say like Ross Benesh. Perot. Ross, yeah. I'll call, it, I'll call it Bill Shakespeare, see what, he, what his <laughs> oh, intent was. Well, that was good times. Good we were times. friends. So you got quite a, a, quite a history and background. We're hoping that yeah. uh, she'll be directing for us again in the future. I would like to. Um, and, uh, so it's, and it's been a pleasure to be on stage with her now. So, and as I said, she's a devoted listener, so we, mm-hmm. uh, we like some of the ideas. And in fact, hopefully, if not this episode, perhaps by the next one, we'll get to one of the suggestions that you made on topics. 
Okay. But I kind of wanted to talk a little about, and unfortunately, I think it <laughs> hopefully it doesn't leave Bob and Ron out of the conversation too badly. But you and I both saw Come From Away. Yes, it was fabulous. Um, the Toledo, uh, the Stranahan Theater in Toledo. Did you see it too, Ron? I did not, but I heard all about it because everybody else I know has seen it. So I'm excited to find out what you think. <laughs> Let me tell you about being the only person who doesn't care for Hamilton. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, did you have either of you seen it? Like, I guess it's on Apple P- TV as well. It's in my queue list, but I have not watched it yet. No, I'm an Android only. Well, an interesting thing occurred um, when I went to see it with my brother, and one of the things he had, he had already seen it when it was in Detroit. But one of the things he said is, this, "I think this is a show that players can do." Hmm. And interestingly enough, I come back to the players, and they all go, "What? <laughs> I don't think so." So I thought that's interesting because here one of the people who are in our audience, one of our patrons, um, thinks it's something that's not beyond us, but our own group seems to think that maybe it's a little beyond us. Mm-hmm. Now, for those, and I think that's an interesting concept, and I'm kind of wondering, do we? And sorry, I didn't say it in the intro, but you know, our goal here is to talk about theater and the business of theater, and with the emphasis on the community theater. I'm wondering if we in the theater world sometimes hold ourselves back because we're afraid to see the possibilities of what we might be able to do. Uh, for those who haven't seen Come From Away, and, and t- correct me if I'm wrong or anything, it's actually on the surface, sounds like a very simple show. 12 cast members, mm-hmm. I think I counted eight in the orchestra. Uh, we'll get into some of the problems with both of those in a minute. One set, mm-hmm. uh, again, some issues with that, but you know, if you were describing a show for a theater group to do a musical, you would say, that's a small musical, we can do that. Mm-hmm. What makes it difficult, I think, in the eyes of the uh, theater group, one was the casting, because you do need a diverse cast. Um, one of the parts is specifically written from an African-American point of view, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say it could just be from a New York point of view, but, but I think they were playing into the fact that, that the person portraying that this character was African-American as opposed to just an urban person in, in, in a rural setting. Um, certainly there was a person... Did it go again? Oh. oh for those who haven't picked up, uh, <laughs> not sure what's with the editing, we're having a little trouble with uh, Carol's mic. Um, so kind of just keep... Keep fiddling with this button over here, Carol. Okay. <laughs> Ron will play with those controls we we're talking about. Okay. So where were we um, cause um, before you went dead? <laughs> I don't remember. I was talking about is it, so it's a single set, single set show. That's good. Okay, it's probably my magnetic personality that's shorting out the... No, there is no mic. No. So, um, so and I, you just got to love live theater and live uh, podcast. I, no, you were talking not about live the podcast. Uh, diversity. The diversity. And, yes. and, and there's a gentleman who is from Egypt, so um, obviously he, he's well, he's of Arabic descent. And by the way, is he apparently really, I don't know how to say that. Um, I was saying, <laughs> how, how do you say that? Arabic? Arabic. Okay. I was apparently saying it the wrong way because my family all said, no, you're not saying it right. But I, I thought I was saying Arabic. How, what's the language that they speak in? Arabic. Arabic. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then Arabian. are they Arabians They're, or are they, they Egyptians are Arabians, or Iranians but, or but that's, Iraqi? Having been to Egypt, as those of you who have listened to the podcast from earlier know, yes. um, certainly there are, Egypt is not a kind of uniformly 
Every, there's all shades in Egypt. Right. <laughs> That's the way to put it, too. So I think you get away with um, a non... You could find actors, I think, that could portray right. that role without being of that ethnicity. Right. And I don't think that he was necessarily Middle Eastern. I think he well, was... You don't think... Just, just, just putting on the accent. Oh, well, the accent. I didn't think he was actually from the Middle East, but I thought he was of Middle Eastern descent. I didn't pick that up. But oh, then again, I have nosebleed seats. Okay. So maybe I just wasn't close enough. I didn't okay. I didn't get that at all, though. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, Because uh, I, I certainly thought it, just looking at him, he was. Okay. Um, and again, so it does require a diverse cast. And I think that's some of the things that our group was saying, well, geez, we don't usually get diverse things. Right. But, but I think that we, I'm always of the mind, it's like, host the audition, see who shows up. We might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. The other things that might be an issue are simply things like the round table, because this show does use a rotating stage, mm -hmm. which again, that's not impossible. I mean, I think you one, can get well, away without it though in this I, play. That's what I'm saying. You can get away without doing it. It obviously changes some of the blocking. You can't do some of the neat things. Right. But for example, you know, unless you've got the skills or somebody who's willing to build a, a rotating stage, it's not like that's really going to yeah. happen. I don't think that was as integral a part in the play as some of the other things. Yeah. Like the, to me, the voice. thinking about it for community theater, for me, the biggest obstacle would be the blocking. I mean, it's just, I mean, these people do this for a living. This is what they do. Mm -hmm. They spend hours every day in rehearsal getting this down. I just, unless we rehearsed for six months, I just don't see. See, Well, and, and that's the question. Do we have to adjust our rehearsal period to, for us to be able, one, for all you community theaters getting excited out there, to my knowledge, the show is not available yet for community theater anyway. Yeah. Um, however, I agree with you. The blocking was engaging and unique. Right. The dancing per se was not difficult. No, not at all. Um, the vocal ranges, you know, they were humans just like we are. Mm -hmm. there, there was it didn't require a trained operatic voice. Right. Um, but I would say the blocking and the character changing. Yes. It required that cast of twelve people, if I count it correctly, six men, six yes. women, to be able to change characters at the drop of a hat. Right. Literally sometimes. Literally. Um so so I think that would be hardest part and then the, yeah this question how do we artist so i think to me the challenges were all artistic not technical uh, she's thinking it, it depends on what you consider technical versus artistic or when it comes to a show are they pretty much the same unless technical is, i mean like i think technical i think sound lighting yeah you know and, whatever. And, that, and that's why i think too it's the sound the lights um anything that's that's mechanical yeah that i don't see as an issue yeah the only thing i see as an issue is um as a as thinking as an as someone who's performed on the community theater stage being able to master all of that because that to me as i was watching the show that was what i was just marveling at that the way they, again, and how they changed their coats in unison, even. Mm -hmm. See, but now I'll throw Bob into it, and who, who I think he had some a question, but Bob, you and I have both been in shows where you had to change clothes and characters on instantly as well. It helps having, it helps having multiple personalities. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it helps having someone behind the stage dressing you. Yes, yes it does. And, and I would have been fascinated to see what was... How many people were behind the stage? Yeah. Well, also one. the costuming is probably all breakaway. Yes. Which the 
is easy to do by verbal, by talking about well, it, I, to actually sewing um, the garments together to make the shell. Well, and I'm going to say, though, the costuming, I don't think they had a lot of costume changes in this one. They literally, the guy who's playing the Egyptian literally went he just from, put a hat he just on. put a hat on. Right. Wow, imagine that, a show with everybody just putting a piece of costuming well, and, on. And that's what it was, is they were just like the woman who played the pilot. She put the coat on, then she was the pilot. She took the coat off, she wasn't the pilot anymore. Yep. The reporter, she was holding the microphone, she was the reporter. Then she put it down when she wasn't. So it's not the difficulty of that. It's just, to me, it would be the difficulty of remembering when to do that. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. If you had enough rehearsal time, yeah. So, uh, real quick, on, uh, as far as the rights, MTI owns it. Okay. And um, the last update that I have noticed was from 2017, that there is no um, release date for licensing rights yet. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is just an um, academic conversation. It's an academic conversation. Absolutely. Because, again, going back to my point, otherwise <laughs> we spent 10 minutes on the show itself, <laughs> um, is do we sometimes sell ourselves too short? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, on one hand, when you start thinking about a show, and here's the question. So when you start thinking in terms of your group in a show, and, and this is something we at players, have, Monroe Community Players have historically done, it's like we say, okay, we want to do the show, well, who could we cast? Mm-hmm. We may not pre-cast it, but we say, who do we have that we know we could do this regardless? You've mm-hmm. got to, when you're thinking, how much money is going to go into a community theater production? It may be pennies to Broadway standards. But to us, that's we've worked for four months to raise the money to do this show. And I think it's only logical that before you even start, you go, do we have the material to do? Do we have the actors that can do this if they try out? Well, and that's and, my question. Are mm-hmm. we keeping ourselves from finding those new actors if we don't say we're going to try something we've never done before? I think that we do that on a constant basis, at least with players. How many times have brand new people walked in off the street or came to the audition process, never heard about Monroe Community Players, found it on YouTube, or excuse me, not YouTube, but Facebook, that there was a community theater doing Joseph. Boom, they come. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we do especially. And there are other groups in the area that do, and make no bones about it, they do precast, except for what they would consider the supernumeraries or the background singers, which all play a huge part in any show. Mm -hmm. But we do encourage people to try out first time. You could be the lead of the show. I think that the challenge for doing a new show like Come From Away is, is and speaking from our perspective, you can't promote it until you get the rights. So we can't even go to the community of people that don't even know that we have it and say, hey, we're going to do this show. So to your, to your question of, do you know, we always look at, do we have the people to do this show? That's where a challenge like this comes into, where unfortunately we're not a diverse group, which... There's a lot of reasons for that. Unfortunately, we, we aren't. So we don't have that diversity to pull from. And that is not an uncommon problem, unfortunately, in community theater. Correct. And due to the way the rights are set up, we can't even throw a feeler out there and say, hey, we're thinking about doing, I mean, we can do that. We just can't say the word. We, we couldn't say, hey, we're thinking about doing Come From Away. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. We would have to say something like, we are thinking about doing 
a show that is based about these type of events? Is this something you'd be interested in? Well, I thought yeah. that it was, if it was in uh, a paragraph, mentioning the name of the show is not advertising the show. Well, and I think the I'm with poster, Bob. yes. We can't say we're going to do a show for sure. We can say we're thinking of doing this show. Okay. We are looking but forward to. We wonder who would be interested in doing it. Okay. If we chose it, mm-hmm. would you come try out? Okay. Then that, then that would be a workaround. Absolutely. I, I, I think, I think we could get away with okay. that. We, we just cannot, can't put it on the calendar. You can't. You can't put it on the program. Yeah. You can't okay. and post Basically, because yeah. you're absolutely right. Until you get the rights, it's <laughs> you don't even know if you can get the show. And people, rights are expensive, and they Especially went up for a musical. hugely yeah. during the pandemic mm-hmm. because that's all you've got is people planning stuff. Yeah. So, so it's interesting because it's currently t- touring, has been mm-hmm. for a while, it's, but it is a newer show. Um, but, but I think I'm still going back to my premise. Should we not consider doing a show like this that, like I say, in my view, is artistically challenging but not technically mm-hmm. challenging? You know, I think we can take it back to the Meyer, uh, for example, one of the nicest uh, venues in the, well, the nicest venue in the county, in my opinion. Uh, we could, we could, uh, um, you know, so we have lights, we have everything that's needed, and frankly, the lighting was nothing spectacular. Right. And I think what it comes well, down to... the Molson to, sign when it lit up was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it comes down to is is something that, that you get, that Ron and, and Bob brought up, is that you have to have the people for it, too. I mean, I've been looking for a play to direct. I've, I've ordered, I don't know how many scripts, and read them. And I'm reading it and I'm thinking, oh, this would be great, this would be great, but where am I going to find 12, you know, 20-year-old co-eds, or where am I going to find, you know, it, it's, you have to kind of plan something with the idea that you're not precasting, but that you have a pool of people right. out there that are going to be interested, okay. especially when I look at something that has a lot of people of color in it, same thing. How do we get those people in? I think that would, that would be the bigger question rather than... Um, you know, even the the technical and the lighting stuff. Because if you want to do it badly enough, if you want to fly Mary Poppins, you're going to fly her. Well, and I was going to say, we have done some very ambitious shows right. in the past. Um, Mary Poppins, The Producers, Beauty and the Beast. You know, these are big, big shows on Broadway. Right. Um, what I was going to say, though, but they they didn't challenge us artistically in the same way that this show would. Right. You know, because in many, you know, as wonderful as it is to watch Mary fly across the stage. Yeah. Mary Poppins was nothing we hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. The Lion King, or I said Lion King would be. <laughs> but, you know, the producers was nothing we hadn't done before. It was bigger. It was better. Mm-hmm. It, it was more, you know, more production value. Right. But, you know, we've done chorus lines. We've done dances. We've done mm-hmm. tap. We've done uh, songs. We've done, we've moved sets. We've built, you know, mm-hmm. come from way, I think, as for the reasons you were talking about would be a little different because of the nature of the pro the 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 show and by the way i almost think when we're looking at come from way even though it's a little older show now and since you know it's been around for a few years i think when you look at hamilton which is also you know in what five six years for sure now mm-hmm. maybe longer i don't know um musical theater has changed on us because we're starting to see more shows, and probably began even before Rent or Cats or any of these, 
but the shows are they aren't the, the shows we people of a shall we say certain age are familiar mm-hmm. with like your Oklahomas and your music mans where it's like it's basically a play with some songs in it mm-hmm. they're, they're a somewhat different animal now mm-hmm. um, because like I say they aren't afraid to take 12 people and make a community of 7,000 with them um, Hamilton there's a lot of dual casting and everything going on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I guess so to kind of bring it back to my original thing, so are we closing ourselves out? So if we say up front, okay, we don't think we can cast it because we just don't have those people, how do we get exactly. people interested in theater than originally? Mm-hmm. Is that our real issue? Yep. How are we going to get people to say, hey, I want to be part of this theater group so that we can do it. Is this, or is this just one of those chicken and egg things that we can't get around? Yeah. I think I'll shut up omelet. for a moment now. I think it's the omelet. It's got to be blended. It's yeah. got to be blended together. And I think one part that we haven't talked about is one person having a vision and having a passion to do that show the way they see it in their head. And that's one thing. You've got to have that. Otherwise, it's just, oh, okay, this is the show we are doing this time. So-and-so will be the lead. So-and-so will be this. Okay, here we go. Oh, gee, I love this show. So is that the most important I think that it thing has for, to be. for any group is to have the people with vision? Yep. Vision? I think you have to have someone who's really just absorbed in it. I gotta do this show. Exactly. I've got to do. I don't care about yours. Is a great show. Don't get me wrong, but I've got to do this while my hip is still good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think since he's not here, I'll say Brian um, <clears throat> with his passion for Twilight of the Gold. Right. That's uh, what I was thinking. You know, at this a perfect example is someone who came to the group and said, "Hey, I want to do this. I want to do this." And okay, he got the sponsorship. He he got the backing. He got the cast that he needed. Love you, Brian. He's still here. <laughs> He's with us. He's just on assignment. Um, and his passion shows through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that you look at the work that was done um, on the set. Uh, for those of you who have come seen our shows at the American Eagle uh, space, it looks <laughs> like an American Eagle. Mm-hmm. Well, for uh, Twilight of the Golds, it does not. It looks like an apartment. And uh, that was a vision, and that was the, the dedication and hard work of people who, who had a plan and put it, put it in place. And to Bob's point, that's contagious. And I think that's what, that's what every group needs, not just community theater, any type of volunteer group. You need someone who has passion, because when somebody sees that passion, other people want to get a, be a part of it. Right. And I think, like, for Come From Away and things like that nature, who's to say you don't, we wouldn't throw a blur out once, once the rights became available and said, hey, you know, folks, we're thinking about doing a show that happens to be this. And I would bet you that we would probably get people, like Bob has said before, line up around the block to try to audition mm-hmm. because it's something new, it's something different, and they want to be part of that. So I think mm-hmm. it, it, it does boil down to passion, though, like Bob says. Yeah. So this is might be a segue, but do you think it's easier to financially aside and technical aside, do you think it's easier to find people to audition for a musical or for a straight play? Musicals. musicals. Yep, um, musical. The glee factor. Is it? Everybody's, oh, look, I can be in a show and I don't have to rehearse. I just show up and all of a sudden, boom, I know all my songs and dances. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a totally unrealistic. 
Yeah. And and we've we we've talked about that because we, we think, yeah, that, that certainly musicals um, everybody wants that spotlight. Everybody wants to be able to get up there and sing yeah, their song. See, I don't get that. I, I mean, and I've said this before, but the only mu- the first musical I tried out for, Mary Poppins, it's a testament to my singing and dancing ability that I was cast as a statue. <laughs> she was. I hey, was. Queen Victoria. And with Gilligan's Island, they assured me that it was just character singing. I never would have tried out for that, but I loved it. But I only look for straight plays because I know that I don't have the chops to sing and dance on a stage. Well, well so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about that because a couple people have told me their, one of their main impressions from the show Comfortable Way is that the people looked like normal people. The, uh, and, that they weren't... The, right. the Broadway type, they weren't the musical type people. So I question right. you on that, that if that's the case, then aren't you really who we're looking for? Yeah. N- not if I can't sing. And, and, See, the thing is, yes, and that was one of the first things I said, too, is that those people, they look like regular people, and that was a big part of it to me. But they also had amazing voices, and the dancing was, was very basic. I could handle the dancing, but the singing... I can't sing like that. Well, and I just want to interject. So if you have not seen Come From Away, and this is nothing against the cast of Come From Away, but yes, I left it and I said to my brother, I said, it was good to see a cast that looked like the rest of exactly. us. Representation exactly. Representation. This, yep. this is a yep. show where a pot belly was not a detraction. Exactly. It was something that helped. Um, and nothing against it, but you know, when you go to Broadway show with the heavy dance and yep. what you usually see, what you usually see are dancers. Mm-hmm. And Bad News America... Most of us don't look like a Broadway dancer for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we don't we don't dance all the time. Yeah. We like to eat. <laughs> we like to eat. <laughs> well, and that's you know, when I say I, I don't travel for musicals, that's not my deterrent. I'm not worried about because clearly I am past the the debutante stage by many decades. But I can't sing. I mean, clearly. Sometimes, though, I think we're too hard on ourselves about what what you're singing or not because there are parts in every musical for someone who, that I would call as who describes themselves as a non-singer. Oh really? Yeah. Definitely. There's, Definitely. there's usually some character part, some 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 comic thing in most of them. Now it's something like with Come a From Away, a statue. <laughs> uh from Come From Away, it's just stand there Carol just, yeah, just stand, stand there, there. Look, don't move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she she was going to dance. Uh, but but like Come From Away the, yeah, they all needed good voices because they all seemed to have right. a solo. But uh, in in a lot of shows, there's there's always a, this other character thing. But again, yeah. that depends on how shows are changing over time because what the modern audience wants to see in a musical, I I maintain, is changing or or what Broadway thinks we want to see in a musical has changed. Mm-hmm. So, but your comment about okay, so we agree it's easier to cast musicals because you get more people coming in. Mm-hmm. But that kind of leads to a different segue that I also had down in my little segue sheet of paper Ooh, here. good. Came back to it. You read it upside down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the new kid, Sean. Oh, well, and maybe I didn't write it on this one, but I know I had it at one point. Is there a resurgence for drama right now? And by drama, I don't mm-hmm. mean theater in general. I mean heavier shows for example like what we're doing right now with the twilight of the golds mm-hmm. um so i looked around to see what other groups in the area are doing and there are more dramas but sometimes those dramas are actually hidden now as musicals come from away 
the premise is about what happened after 9-11. Mm-hmm. 9-11 is in the background of this musical. Mm-hmm. I was worried about it, and I didn't see it earlier because I was worried about how my own emotions would be going to see this show. I'm pleased to say that that was not an issue. They do a great balance of humor, uh, laughter, and making you mm-hmm. feel good at the end, mm-hmm. um, despite the great tragedy. Mm-hmm. You didn't used to see that kind of thing in a drama or in a, a musical. And I, I shouldn't say that. I think there's always kind of been heavy musicals, but you know, they weren't really... They dealt with even larger issues, not necessarily real-life issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol Soul, I'm thinking, you know, the guy dies. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it starts off with, with that kind of thing. Oh, spoiler, I know. Um, but <laughs> the, show. Uh, I may have just got myself off into the tangent verse, as we say, because I, I figured I, I lost where my train of thought. I don't know where you're going either. I'll follow you, but I got to know where but you're anyway, going. But anyway, so um, I, I see, uh, for example, the Actors Collaborative Theater, uh, Actors Collaborative Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, they do dramas a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a look at what Down River uh, Actors Guild is doing. Um, not not so much. Um, they do more comedies and some musicals. And Arbor Civic Theater, they do what we call, again, straight shows because they don't include the music. Um, but again, not so much in dramas. There are a couple mysteries that they're looking at, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Southgate, um, is unfortunately, because of COVID, their, their seasons still appear to be suspended. Croswell does almost exclusively uh, musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toledo Rep will do... I believe dramas every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably, in fact, they're doing Middletown and Our Town coming up shortly. Who, with one of our friends, Norb Nowak, is in there. Kathleen, love you, Norb. Well. Still, and Kathleen McBee as well. Yep. So, oh, she is yep. good. Showing the collaboration because we all like to cross the, you know, we cross from other groups, mm-hmm. um, which is something I encourage anyone who's getting the community theater to do. Um, so, so I, I'm wondering if there's there's kind of a quiet little wave starting with more drama coming back into theater. Well, I think you're going to see it because it's a lot less, oh, it's a lot less money to produce a drama or a comedy than a musical. And they're looking now for, they might not be able to pull in the huge bucks they did with Annie, but three little comedies that take four weeks to rehearse versus three casts of Annie children and cast. It's going to be cheaper just to have the dramas. Yeah. Well, not just that, but with COVID, do you want a cast of 50 or are you better off with a cast of five? Yeah, maybe so. But but speaking of Annie, did you know, Carol, that I played Daddy Warbucks twice? Please don't ask him if he shaved. Did you have to shave your head or did you use a Oh, God, no. (laughs) Why is this like the Paul Rudd bit on Conan (laughs) O'Brien? It's our longest running gag. It's our only running gag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to start out by saying it's all come from away, and thank God it was no cats. Yes. <laughs> okay. You but no, I yell too if there is now a little. I know. Yeah, yeah. Exit hole. And I did, I did start to watch Cats once and could not get through I it. am so sorry. The That's movie. all right. I just, I just walked right over it. Oh dear! Just walked right over it. Okay, there, now we now we've gone. I knew at some point the show would go off the rails, and, but we finally, we finally got there. And you no, say that I like it's a bad thing. Over no, it. We we like it. Um, but but so I did. I never considered that a resurgence of uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> drama might be COVID related. But yeah. you're right because small may, and could that be right. our new reality? Is we're looking at smaller shows for 
who knows how many years. Right. Well, I went to a show, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name of it, at the Toledo Rep a few months ago, pretty right when COVID came back. It was a one-woman show. Wit? I don't remember. It was a woman was in her basement. Oh, no, that was the hurricane. <laughs> was there a hurricane? I don't remember. That's terrible. I am so sorry to everyone. Woman in her basement. Woman in her basement. Was she's she hiding here? Was she trapped there? Or? No, she wasn't trapped there. She, she was, was oh, sorry. It might have been a hurricane. I mean, she was down there for a reason, then it turned out to be a different reason than you thought it was. Right, yes. Yes, that's it. Because okay. you think it's a hurricane right. coming, out of a, and she refers to it as the hurricane, and it turns out, spoiler alert, turn off your radio. Turns out to be your husband beating down the door to kill her. Yes, I did want to say that, but thank you for yeah. That's the show. You can turn your radios back on now. If, <laughs> if you know your if you they know your neighbor is really good, <laughs> go over and knock on the door and tell them they can turn their radio back on. Yeah. Okay. But in any case, it was a one woman show, and yes. and that was the first thing I thought of was that okay, well that's very easy to handle during COVID because we were at that point you were still seating, yes. you know, six yeah. seats apart from each other and and whatnot. Well, what it, was the name of it? I don't know. Okay. I have a copy which, which of it. Good. So, okay. so hopefully you have a chance to go and see it because you yeah. don't know what you it is. You won't know what it is. Yes. <laughs> I want to say the good. hurricane. Okay. I don't think, that doesn't sound like something that I don't remember. Well, one, I don't remember. One, but it was a one-woman show and she was excellent. It was very, very engaging. It was me in a wig. Yeah. <laughs> it may have been. To pick on my very good friend. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's not how podcasts work, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me get... You heard that on the party line, didn't you? <laughs> Ebenezer, crank up the schedule. Let's get going here we, now. we need to tell them to fast forward. <laughs> you know they've got color televisions now. It's amazing. You got a little television studio in your pocket, and that's what you do with it. You TikTok dilettantes. <laughs> Thought I was going to say something else. That's why we keep being around here. <laughs> Yeah, that part still works like radio, <laughs> but there, um, but no, <laughs> good point, Carol. <laughs> Glad we brought you on to yes. to, 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 to introduce. Now, seriously, that. I think I do have that script. Okay, because it was very powerful. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would because I thought, okay, it's, they're going to forget their lines. I just projected. Um, but no. well, and I would like <laughs> to know who too because I had once written a, a ten-minute play that. Sounds very similar, mm-hmm. and I think I may need to get these people for copyright infringement. So. Quite possible. Mine was more a, than ten. Mine minutes. was a father and son, though. That oh. so it was a little different. So yeah. uh, anyway, it was good. Uh, sure, it was. But so I, for one, would like to see more dramas. Anyway. Yeah, me too. And uh, or dramedies. Uh, or dramedies. Well, and, and that's it, interesting. Which is that a thing? No. Yes. You know. Well, here's I, the thing. You know, if we want to get back to Shakespeare, my buddy Bill. <sighs> You know, it's a comedy if at the end somebody gets married, and it's a drama if at the end somebody dies. That's true. So, unless it, it's it does, Romeo and Juliet, which the first half is comic, and then somebody dies, and now it becomes a tragedy. Exactly. So that was just the point I was going to make: is that 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 in a lot of these dramas, there's humor in there as, as well. So, is it still a drama? You know, do you have to go by the happy ending versus sad ending? I think they do that because society doesn't always like to just not have to laugh about something. Right. Even though they can laugh at appropriate things. Right. Um, I do think, though, a lot of a lot of shows now put that comedy in there as just to be like, okay, see, look, we can we can make you laugh too, but you're still going to cry. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if I like that. 
Yeah. Well, you know, there's got to be a maintain a balance between the tragedy and comedy. There has to be. That's why there are two masks, right? So let mm-hmm. me ask you this then, Bob. All right. So the diary of Anne Frank, you tell me what's funny about that. Uh, Mr. Shingleharfer, the dentist, who is the drunk in the piece. Okay. That is a, can be played very funny. Or it can be played tragically. Again, it's the director and the actor's choice. But I've seen it every time I've seen it done live. Right. He <clears> was the drunk. He had the funny lines. He had the little interjections. Fair enough. There you okay. go. My point has been not proven. <laughs> Disproven. <laughs> Disproven. There it is. See, I had to correct that as well. That's why we keep you. Thank you you're here. That's why I get paid the medium bucks. Anyways, you meanwhile. Get, you get paid. Meanwhile, back at the farm. Meanwhile, back at the farm. So dramedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what, my, what this might be. It's yeah. a dramedy. But yeah, comedy with uh, no, 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 no. dramatic. Well, and, and that's interesting. So, um, if we were to use those of you who are not familiar with the Twilight of Gold, it has very heavy themes. It describes itself as a dramedy, or somebody describes it as a dramedy. Right. But frankly, we had to work pretty hard to find those comedic elements to make it a dramedy. Right. Um, so, so sometimes it's a matter of here's what the publicist calls it mm-hmm. versus what it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I go with Bob. You know, you got to balance the drama with the tragedy, and or the tragedy and the, the comic, and there's some of both in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's with like, the right with the right readings, uh, you know, the Odd Couple is downright operatic, <sighs> and it's tragedy. If the, you say the level so. of tragedy that's there. You know. Oh, you'd have to call the Pigeon Sisters, sisters tragic. Very tragic figures. Very tragic. And poor Oscar. <sighs> okay. Just poor Oscar. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Someone was just giving me the time and said, it's four o'clock. We better wrap up the show. I forgot. We know who's in charge around here. Uh, <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a clock right behind you, too. Listen. Yeah. I was, I was saying, yeah, yes. If, so we, we had some technical difficulties, so this may be a little shorter episode than usual. Oh, I think it'll but, be but longer. I think we'll, we'll make it up because um, for those who haven't figured it out yet, we do record two at a time. So we're going to call yeah. an end to this one. Um, thank you for joining us today, Carol. I hope you can stick around for another show sometime. Oh, like, absolutely. For five minutes here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe not even five minutes. Um, and so um, I'd like to also thank everybody else for taking time to listen to us, download us, and download another episode. I think it's episode 15 for those who are keeping track. We're up to 15. Um, well, yep. we had so. yep. 13 just dropped, right? Yes, or yep. was it 14? 14 should 14. be coming this week. Well, or no, 14 just dropped. I think so. I think it was 13 dropped. <sighs> Stay tuned for the exciting inclusion <laughs> of it's 13 or 15 coming up next on the Green Room Goblins. <laughs> Groupies, Bob, or groupies. <laughs> Green Room Goblins, we can do that for next Halloween. There but anyway, go. but thank you so much. We do appreciate every, each and every one of you who are still listening. Um, and, and those of you who aren't, <laughs> turn that radio back on next time. Um, yeah. Don't forget to check out Monroe Community Players on Facebook. Make sure you search for Monroe Community Players in Monroe, Michigan. Our website, monroecommunityplayers.org. And more groupies fun at our MCP podcast page which is just the MCP podcast featuring the Green Room Groupies. Um, 
Please email us with your comments and thoughts. I think I put a challenge out on one of those dropped episodes, and I'm still waiting, folks. You know, come out there to give us a, a good comment. Um, win, a, win a special prize, your own uh, hand-thrown ceramic mug with the Monroe Community Players logo on it. There's only Did like a thousand of them left, so we got to get them get them gone. <laughs> and but but if you do send us an email, um, be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast um, because we would like to start uh, recognizing more of our our listeners. This, of course, has been a production of Monroe Community Players. It was recorded high atop the Benish Building in Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. We are the Green Room Groupies, and we will see you in the Green Room. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven.